Welcome to the Hillside Baptist Chapel's weekly podcast. Please listen as Dr. Steve Wood, pastor, teaches from God's Word. Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, pastor, phone or message at 6438-6541, email at steverwood002 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to hbcprayerlist2020 at gmail.com. You may be seated. Beautiful pictures, aren't they? Freddie, would you come and lead us in our opening prayer, please, as we get started with our services? Dear Heavenly Father, I just pray and thank you for the privilege to be able to come to church here. I pray for the people that are here today, dear Lord God, and I pray for the people that are missing. I just pray, dear Lord God, that when we all come together and be here to worship You, dear Lord God. I pray that the pastor day, the resurrection part that he's given us today, 
I just pray, dear Lord God, it sinks in each and every one of us heart and we remember what He's preaching. I pray and ask all these things, dear Lord God, in Your Son, Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, let's uh, look at our prayer concerns this morning as we uh, think about those that are not here. <laughs> Morning, everyone. Morning. Morning. I had uh, James McCoy and his family on the prayer list last weekend, or last week, and uh, obviously, or obviously, but James did pass away. He had a, he was in a coma, so we need to pray for James's family. And that's the McCoy family. Uh, as you notice, Summer's not here. She's having some cancer taken off her her legs and her arms. Uh, I think everything is going okay, but. Uh, She's at home right now, and maybe she might be gone for a couple weekends or a couple weeks. I'm not really sure right now, but I uh, need to pray, pray for her and her, and her situation. And um, I'm assuming that Austin made it back from Texas, and he's here in Panama, and he's here in Bocati he now, yeah. and everything went well, so praise God for that. And uh, one last thing, Stephen Wanda's granddaughter, she seems to be eating now. Uh, she's over that fear. She had uh, the tonsils out, and uh, praise God for that, that she's finally um, getting past the fear, because fear is a, an awful thing, even when you're four or five years old. Right. Okay, that's about it. Thank you. Okay, we do need to remember those that are not here this morning. We know why some are not here, but we don't know why a lot are not here. And uh, so... Uh, let's remember those that are missing today and uh, pray for them. Uh, some are traveling, we know that. All right. Uh, let's uh, have our next song, His Love Endures Forever. Let's stand together as we sing this hymn. Love. 
Amen. You may be seated. All right, we were hoping maybe we would have some special music today, but uh, um, I don't believe we do. So we're uh, looking at the promise of the resurrection, the promise. Turn with me, if you will, to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and we'll begin reading with verse 35 in just a moment there. Fairly lengthy reading, but uh, a very good reading, I think, as we are talking about the resurrection and some things that accompany that, some things that we can look forward to. I've really enjoyed getting this message together. This is one of my favorites as we've gone through this resurrection series because of the things that are here. Now, maybe not the very first things that I'm going to be talking about, but as we get on into the message and we talk about some of these other things uh, that um, I believe may answer some questions that you have. And we'll see even in that day and time as the Apostle Paul was writing these words to the Corinthians, there were individuals that were asking questions. Questions about the resurrection. 1 Corinthians 15, beginning with verse 35. But someone would, uh, will say, How are the dead raised? What kind of body will they have when they come? Foolish one, what you sow does not come to life unless it dies. And as far as what you sow, you're not sowing the future body, but only a seed, perhaps of wheat or another grain, but God gives it a body as He wants, and to each of the seeds His own body. Not all flesh is the same flesh. There is one flesh of humans, another for animals, another for birds, and another for fish. There are heavenly bodies and earthly bodies, but the splendor of the heavenly bodies is different from that of the earthly ones. There is a splendor of the sun, another for the moon, and another for the stars. For one star is different or differs from another star in splendor. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. Sown in corruption, raised in incorruption. Sown in dishonor, raised in glory, sown in weakness, raised in power, sown a natural body, raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. So it is written, the first man Adam became a living being, the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, then the spiritual. The first man was from the earth and made of dust. The second man is from heaven. Like the man from the dust, so also those who are made of dust. Like the heavenly man, so are those who are heavenly. And just as we have borne the image of the man, of the man made of dust, we will also bear the image of the heavenly man. Let us pray. Father, we thank you today for these important words about the resurrection. Words that will help us formulate what you're talking about and what we can expect. We pray your blessings on each one that's here today. And Father, we ask you to be with those that couldn't be with us. Maybe some are at the celebration today at Dolega. We know that some have told us they're going to be there and maybe others there as well. But Father, we thank you that we have the privilege of meeting together here and worshiping in spirit and truth. And we, you've told us so many times where two or three are gathered together, there you are in the midst of them. And we thank you for your presence and where you are we have the majority. Father, we pray that your blessings 
would be upon our church. Help us as we reach out to new people. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Most of us have a love-hate relationship with our bodies. I mean, if you could change something about the way you look, would you? Well, that question was asked, and many people answered that they would. 40% would change what they look like if they had the opportunity to do so according to a global marketing research survey on beauty. The fact is, our bodies wear out, don't they? I've talked about this before, but let's think about this just a little more this morning. They sag, they expand, <laughs> right? They wrinkle, the joints get creaky. The arteries harden. Gravity pulls everything down. The heart slows down. The eyes grow dim. Our teeth fall out. The back is stooped. The arms grow weary. Our bones break easily. And our muscles weaken. The body bulges in the wrong places. Can anybody identify with that besides me? So our bodies wear out as we grow older. Sometimes our bodies wear out differently than other people's do. But there have been ten signs one individual identifies as someone getting older. Listen to these things that he's listed. He says that you know you're getting older when, number 10, everything hurts and what doesn't hurt doesn't work. You look forward to a dull evening. Your favorite part of the newspaper is 20 years ago today or something of that nature. You sit in a rocking chair and you can't get it to go. Your knees buckle, but your belt won't. Your back goes out more than you do. You sink your teeth into a good stake and they stay there. <laughs> the gleam in your eyes from the sun hitting your bifocal. Men can identify with this one, maybe. Your ears are hairier than your head is. When you, number one, when you bend over to pick up something, you look around for something to do while you're down there. Well, our bodies won't last forever, right? The moment we're born, we begin to die. In fact, you're falling apart right now while I'm preaching the message, and I am too. Death is the fundamental human problem, and it's the sum of all other fears that people have. You can see it in the way that we treat the dead. An entire industry has grown up to help us deal with death. When a person dies, we do our best to make them look as if they were not dead. Isn't that true? Many times I've heard someone stand at a casket and say, she looks so natural. I remember standing at the casket of my sister. That was the last funeral that I attended and the last funeral that I had. And Evelyn looked good. She really did. And I was thinking about her old crippled body. She didn't look crippled. 
laying there in that casket. And you know what I thought of? She's not crippled anymore. She won't have to experience that crippled body again. One of her hands would work. One of her legs wouldn't work right. And in the last several years of her life, she spent in a wheelchair. But those days are over forever. I thought about that as I stood by her casket. Death is so final for many people, so grim, so, so shocking to our system. And we don't even use the word dead a lot of times, do we? We say someone has passed or departed or slipped away. Now I fully understand the need to use terms like these when a loved one has departed, when a loved one has died. But death isn't the final thing, is it? Again, we're going to, that's the basis of our message today. Now, don't get me wrong, the funeral industry plays an important part in our societies today. I'm not telling us that we don't need them. They bring comfort and provide that for families who are grieving. The Grim Reaper, however, visits every household sooner or later. But one day, this is the message today, one day all of that is going to change. Because Jesus is risen from the dead, we can look forward, who have put our faith and trust in Him, to a new body as I mentioned with my sister a moment ago. Because He has been raised, we're going to be raised. Listen to Philippians chapter 3, beginning with verse 20. He says, But our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will transform the body of our humble condition into the likeness of his glorious body by the power that enabled him to sub subject everything to himself. The Apostle Paul gives us some answers that we need to have. He tells us in verse 49 of our text here that we will be just like Jesus when He appears in our resurrected body. Well, let's think about Jesus for just a minute in His resurrected body. What was it like? Well, in Luke 24, verses 41 and 42, it tells us that He ate with His disciples. I would assume that we will eat. John 20, verse 27 says that his disciples could touch him. Now at the very first, when he came from the uh, grave, he told them not to, but then later we find them able to engage in touching and hugging and knowing him in that body. In Luke 24, verse 39, he had a physical body, the Bible tells us about there, that's of flesh and bone. Now notice I didn't say flesh and blood, but flesh and bone. Matthew 28, verse 9, He was recognized by His disciples. They knew Him, knew who He was. 
Now, I think that glorified body that he had looked different than what he looked like in his non-glorified body, in his physical body before he died. But they could see and recognize who he was. Then Luke 24, verse 31, he could appear and disappear. And Luke 20, verse 19, he could pass through unlocked, or he could pass through locked doors. I don't know whether our body is going to be exactly like that, but I think it probably will. It's going to be suited for a different existence than what we experience today. And again, I'll talk more about that in just a moment. But some mistakenly teach that until the Lord returns, the deceased believers are asleep. They're unconscious in the grave and remain that way until the resurrection. That's not true. I want to give you some scripture to show us that that's not true. The Apostle Paul, before he died in Rome, may have actually died and the Lord raised him back from the dead. I don't know. But he saw some things that he was able to relate, he was able to tell about in his scriptures. He saw heaven. And he said as a result of physical death, being absent from the body, you remember the words that he used, is to be present face to face, as it were, with God. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 8. The Bible says that between our death and the resurrection, if we're not present when the Lord comes back, that we will have a temporary pre-resurrection body. And I have some proof for that. This is seen in the story of the rich man and Lazarus. You remember that? Now Lazarus had a body. And that body could get water on the tip of a finger that he might bring to the rich man who was in torments in those flames. as we look at passages about this, pre-resurrection people, people who have died and are with the Lord. Now, remember I've told you that many times, that when we die, we're with the Lord. And in that existence, pre-resurrected people are doing physical things. In the book of Matthew, chapter 17, verse 3, we, well, not just verse 3, we have the story there in the 17th chapter about Moses and Elijah appearing with Jesus. Remember that? They hadn't been resurrected. They had not been given a resurrected body, but they had a body, a recognized body. And they were talking with Jesus. In Revelation chapter 6, verse 11, we find individuals who have been martyred, who are in heaven, and, you know, I mentioned a moment ago, people have questions for the Lord, and we're going to have questions of Him when we get there. And these individuals were asking, Lord, how long is it going to be before you're going to take care of things? How long before you're going to take care of those that are killing people? And not answering that question necessarily, but notice what Jesus says that He did for them. He dressed them in a white robe. 
Now, if you dress somebody in a white robe, they have to have a body to put that robe on, don't they? We're going to have a body of sorts, and I can't tell you what it's going to be like. I can tell you more about the resurrected body than I can about that intermediate time with Jesus, but we're going to be with Him in a bodily shape of some sort. Those in heaven today were transformed spiritually when they trusted in Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, right? We were as well. And then when they died, they were transformed from this earth to heaven. Instantaneously, I believe. And they're present with the Lord and they have a transformed identity. And this transformation, I believe, gave them intellect, emotion, volition. I believe we're at that time going to experience being able to think like the Lord as we are in that condition that plays with Him. And then as the day of resurrection comes, we're going to then be given a permanent body with the Lord and He's going to transform us physically. I don't know how. I'm not one to tell you this morning that I've got the answers to all of these things but I just know that from the reading of the scriptures this is what's going to take place and this is the promise of the resurrection others have written about this R.A. Torrey said this a prolific writer of about the scriptures he said, we will not be disembodied spirits in the world to come, but redeemed spirits in redeemed bodies in re a redeemed universe. We could talk a long time about each one of those redeemed things. But that's what he had to say. And then the Apostle Paul tells us what our bodies will be like when Jesus returns. I like this. I, I like being able to study this and see what he says our bodies are going to be like with him in the resurrection. We find that in the scriptures that we've read this morning. Now I want to go over these and then we'll come back and look at, at them a little more closely in just a moment. But we're going to have imperishable bodies. This body we're living in today is not imperishable, is it? We're going to have imperishable bodies, the Bible says. We're going to have glorious bodies. We're going to have powerful bodies. We're going to have a spiritual body. And we'll talk about what it means by that in just a moment. First of all, imperishability. <laughs> the Bible says in verse 42 that the bodies are going to be raised incorruptible you could say imperishable incorruptible they can't be corrupted our physical bodies that we have in the resurrection are going to be different from these bodies immensely I can't tell you just how. We won't have blood through, flowing through our veins. Somebody said we won't have a heart <laughs> when we're in heaven. Well, they meant by that the pumping heart that we have today. Evidently not. But we will have a flesh and bone body. Today, our physical bodies are perishable. That's why we are subject to aging. 
that I talked about so much this morning. Disease, death, eventually. Our resurrected body won't be touched by any of these things because they're imperishable. Not subject to corruption, not subject to death. Revelation 22 verse 4 says, God will wipe away every tear from their eye. Death will, be, will no longer exist. Grief, crying, and pain will exist no longer because the previous things have passed away. Wow, wouldn't it be great not to have pain anymore, Wanda? And I could say that for many of you here today. This raises an important question, I think. One that I'm sure you've thought about. And maybe it hasn't come to mind this morning. But what age will we appear to be in that glorified body? Have you ever thought about that? I have. I think who the Bible says will be like is a key to answering that question. We will be like Jesus, isn't that right? Now, I don't have to belittle that point at all. We will be like Jesus. And I would assume that that would include His age. Now, how old was Jesus? Well, the Apostle Paul tells us in Philippians 3, verse 21, we will have a body like Jesus. And included in that is we will look like His age, I think. How old was He? Well, he was 33 years old when he was crucified, wasn't he? And he looked like he did in many instances prior to his crucifixion, prior to his death. A young adult. And I think, just from looking at the scriptures here about that, that we're probably going to be in that look-alike age. Now, we won't have an age, will we? We don't have to worry about growing old because we won't grow old. There won't be any such thing as getting old. We will just exist continually, permanently, forever in those bodies that are going to look like that for that length of time. <laughs> if you want to call it a length of time. Forever. Now, for most individuals, that's not the age they are when they pass away. But I don't believe that an individual is going to come back with the age they had while they lived here. Some individuals die as babies. They're not going to be a baby when they're in heaven, are they? Some individuals died 120. And their bodies are so weak and decrepit and worn out and we're not going to have that kind of body in heaven are we so we're going to have a body <coughs> that's going to be perfectly suited for everything without any pain without any problems and <coughs> these bodies are going to be recognized by others now, I mentioned Moses and Elijah a moment ago as they appeared with Jesus, and they were recognized by the disciples. I don't know how they recognized them, but they did. And they wanted to put up three tabernacles, remember? Well, not quite what the Lord wanted done. But the point is that no one will ever age again in that new body. We're going to enjoy perfect health. Perfect health. An imperishable body. And then notice we will have a glorious body. Verse 43. 
raised in glory saying that that body is going to be glorious there's nothing very noble about the process of getting old and dying we put dead bodies away from us don't we? we have to that's just a fact of life in the Old Testament Israelites were considered unclean if they touched a dead body isn't that right even even if it wasn't a human body but especially if it was a human body but the resurrection body is not characterized by dishonor but characterized by glory beauty could be in view here our resurrected bodies will be beautiful I believe the way the Creator defines beauty like the beauty that Adam and Eve had when he created them and remember when he created Adam and Eve for the very first time God saw that it was very good isn't that the words that he used and then we're going to have a powerful body notice again verse 43 raised in power our body is weak and frail today I don't care if you're an Arnold Schwarzenegger bodies are weak there's things that he can't do right and especially as he's getting older as well but our resurrected bodies are going to be characterized by power also this could refer to the fact that Jesus resur resurrected body is not confined to space or even time neither will ours and then verse 44 says that we're going to have a spiritual body raised a spiritual body now the physical body he goes to some links to describe these things the physical body is the natural body while the resurrection body is spiritual the physical body is an earthly body that is an earthbound body they're, they're suited for life on this earth isn't that true but when we get that resurrected body it's going to be suited not for this earth but for an existence with the Lord for heaven our resurrected body is a heavenly body notice verse 40 not in the sense that they will not be physical you know you read spiritual and you read the idea of heavenly body and some, uh, some people get the idea that we're just going to be a floating spirit no that's not what God is talking about he's talking about the characteristics of that physical body that we're going to have at the resurrection when we're with the Lord and it means that we're going to be completely fitted and equipped for that existence God is going to raise us up to live forever in that resurrection body as a re resurrected being in a society of resurrected beings now it doesn't mean that we're not going to have contact with people that are in their physical bodies because we will people are going to be living on this earth who are still in their physical bodies during the millennial reign we're going to be in our spiritual bodies we're going to be in our heavenly bodies we're going to be in a body that's suited for the existence that we need as we minister to God on this earth with those that are still alive and remain 
I can't explain to you all the ins and outs of that existence. I just know what the Bible says. And I like what I read. I like what I see, don't you? And life is promised to be something glorious, something wonderful, something that is fulfilling, something that's not impaired. In a world to come, that's even better than what we can imagine. Isn't that what God says? Now I started out today talking about these physical bodies and things that, that we go through and, and the ten things that uh, show us that we're growing old. So that we can contrast that with what God says about the body that we're going to have with the Lord. Wilbur Smith, a noted author, in his book, The Biblical Doctrine of Heaven. I like the name of it, don't you? He says, in heaven, we will be permitted to finish many of those worthy tasks which we had dreamed of and tried to do while we were here on earth and weren't able to finish. We didn't have the time. We didn't have the strength. We didn't have the ability while we lived here that we're going to be given when we're in eternity. Now, I don't know whether he's right about that or not finishing tasks that we dreamed about, but I can imagine that that could be true. Can't you? Randy Alcorn in his writing said our God won't just take away suffering he'll compensate by giving us greater delights than if there had been no suffering he doesn't merely wipe away tears he replaces those tears with corresponding joys hence our present suffering are not worthy to be compared with the glory that will be revealed in us, Romans 8.18 tells us. Because of the resurrection, eternity will offer us opportunities we wish but would never have. God's original plan was that human beings would live happily and fulfilling lives on earth. If our current lives are our only chance of that, God's plan has been thwarted. That's what he says. And that's true, isn't it? David McFadden. I, I'm reading these quotes from individuals because I think they have come upon some things that help us see things the way God wants us to see them in our resurrected body. He says, consider the injustice. Many honest, faithful people are languishing in prison. Now notice what he's saying. While some dishonest and unfaithful people seem to fare much better. But God isn't unjust. And this is not our only chance at life. Some of the human race has had great discoveries and achievements. And I believe these still await as we enter into our new bodies in the new heaven and the new earth. Well, when Christ returns and eternity is ushered in for us that know Him as our personal Savior, not only will we have been saved from sin's penalty, we're going to be saved from sin's power, but more importantly, we're going to be saved from sin's presence. 
When we're in that glorified body, there's no more sin. Imagine the quality of life that awaits us with sin no longer being a problem for the human race, for those that are in their glorified bodies. Well, in conclusion this morning, Jesus is coming again, right? <laughs> and when He returns, we're going to receive that resurrection body, whether or not we passed on into eternity before He comes again, and we're in that pre-existent body before the resurrection, or whether we're changed the moment in the twinkling of an eye as He comes again. Maybe we'll be in that group. But, our resurrected bodies that we're going to be given, that are imperishable, glorious, powerful, and spiritual, and uniquely fitted for that life with, with Jesus, with the Lord, and we're going to be like Him, except in one way. Unlike our bodies, His body still has scars. Did you read that in the Scriptures? Why? So that we might forever be reminded of His sacrifice for us. Of the price that it took for us to have that glorified body. For us to be in heaven with Him. Our sins did that to Him. And we're going to have that eternal reminder, I believe, of that sacrifice. It may be today that some of you have decisions that are needed. Some of you are maybe thinking about things that you haven't done or things that you need to do. You know, God has given you the opportunity to live for Him while we're on this earth. In these non-glorified bodies. In these weak vessels that we inhabit today. And maybe you're not living for Him like you ought to. And you need to rededicate your life to serving Him. Maybe you're here and you've never been saved. You've never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And you don't have a glorified body waiting. You need that salvation. And God is asking you right now to trust Him as your personal Savior. As we stand and we sing, Jesus, keep me near the cross. Would you come and make the decision He wants you to make? right now as we stand.
Don't forget our services Wednesday evening on podcast and uh, encourage you to listen to those and of course our services next Sunday. Dr. Fred. Thank you Lord for the resurrection. Without it where would we be? And help us Lord to live day by day by day knowing you're in command. Amen. And Lord that we can get close to you if we just follow you. Thank you for the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, Pastor, phone or message at 6438-6541, email at steverwood002 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to HBC Prayer List 2020 at gmail.com. Thank you and God bless.